The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Cause Light. Get mountain cold refreshment delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart by going to causelight.com slash SGP. That's causelight.com slash SGP. Also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by Stable Jewel. Stable Jewel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free or paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $40,000 with one entry. Head over to StableJewel.com to get started today. And of course, make sure to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and all of our free podcasts. You are listening to the EPL show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can also follow the Twitter account for BetMUFC. That's at BetMUFC. At BetMUFC. I know the season is over for Man United, but we are mainly focusing on that show on next season and looking at the things that Eric Ten Hag will do as the new Manchester United manager while still spending some time previewing the upcoming game. Therefore, Brighton versus Manchester United will be covered exclusively still over at BetMUFC, the BetMUFC podcast. Finally, also follow the Twitter account for LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com, at LockBetting.com, so LockBetting.com without a dot. That is my premium pay service that has delivered 107 months in a row of transparent track profit. If you look at the Twitter account, at LockBetting.com, you will see the pinned tweet is now the month of April. That was last month where we made just over 12 units, £1,268, which converts to $1,711. So another good month, another winning month. That was month number 107. And month number 107 means that we are just one month away from month number 108, which is significant because we'll be able to say we have been undefeated every single month in sports betting for nine years. So have a look at that spreadsheet. Make sure this is the service for you. If you also go down to the bottom of that spreadsheet, you'll see things like football, NBA, tennis, these little tags down the bottom. One of those tags will see PL, and you can also have a look at all of the other PL spreadsheets. Again, have a look at the type of plays we do, have a look at the type of stakes we put out, and make sure this is the service for you. At the bottom, you'll see members' comments verifying 
every single PL. You can make a comment underneath every single post, but it's most significant underneath the PL because that verifies all of the plays there. And you'll see the members speaking about the month overall. This is mostly important because it proves the fact that this is legitimate. I have delivered 107 months in a row of transparent track profit. And on each and every spreadsheet, it verifies the fact that all of the plays were real. I haven't added plays after the fact. And I haven't uh, not added losing plays to it. So every single play that we put out over the course of the month is there. And the end result is another month of transparent track profit taking us to month number 107. And if you want to be a part of month number 108, head over to lockbetting.com and sign up as early as you can. You've already missed a week of this month. Now that is important because lockbetting.com is on a Patreon page and Patreon have a weird billing cycle. Patreon allows me to be fully transparent and track because their system allows those comments at the bottom. So that's great for me and great for you guys as well in that sense. But the one drawback is their billing cycle. So if you sign up today, which is Monday the 9th of May, you will be billed for the month of May and you'll be billed again on June the 1st. And if you wait even longer, if you wait to the 15th, you'll be billed on the 15th for the month of May. If you wait to the 20th, you'll be billed on the 20th and you'll only get 11 days of the service for the month of May. So sign up as early as you can. We're still at the end of the domestic soccer season. We have the Champions League, Europa League and Europa Conference League finals within this month. We have the NBA playoffs and we are killing it in the NBA playoffs. Just have a look at the PL posted for the month of April. All of the NBA plays are highlighted in blue. I don't think anybody has done better than us for this NBA season. We've had a strong season and we are even stronger in the playoffs and we are making money in tennis and all other sports as well, including smashing our UFC card at the weekend. So if you want to get on board, head over to lockbetting.com and be a part of the service. Moving on with this midweek EPL card, we have six games to look at here, six catch-up games. And then we are on track to finish the season with two weeks to go. Match day 37 and match day 38. Match day 37 will be out at the weekend, along with a breakdown of the FA Cup final between Chelsea and Liverpool. We begin with Liverpool here. They're playing on Tuesday night away to Aston Villa. And Steven Gerrard can cost his old club the Premier League title. I think after the weekend... They, they, uh, they don't really have a chance now anyway. They are three points behind Manchester City. So instead of needing Manchester City to drop points via a draw, Liverpool would need Manchester City to lose one of their three remaining games. And with their three remaining games being away to Wolves, away to Manchester City and at home to Aston Villa, I cannot find a loss there in those three games. So it's looking very unlikely that Liverpool are going to do the quadruple, thank God. And the books will tell you that because Manchester City are now the 1-8 to minus 800 favourites with Liverpool out at 6-1 to to win the Premier League title. As for this game, they are the 1-2 to favourites to get this win at Villa Park. It's 15-4 to on the draw and it's 6-1 to for Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa team to put the final nail in the coffin for Liverpool's title hope. So big narrative here with Gerrard managing against Liverpool. If, of course, Liverpool do manage to navigate their way to the final day by winning the rest of their remaining games, then what will be interesting is the fact that Steven Gerrard can win the title for Liverpool via his Aston Villa team by 
beating Manchester City in Manchester on the final day of the season and allowing Liverpool to go level on points with Manchester City and winning the title via goal difference. I don't see any of that happening. As I said, I see Manchester City winning out now. They are in no competitions. They just have these three league games to play. And I think they'll take nine points from those games. As for here... I do think Liverpool will find a way to win this game and bounce back from dropping points against Tottenham. Liverpool have won all 18 of their meetings with sides starting in the bottom half of the Premier League, which is where Aston Villa start. And while they may have dropped points at the weekend, they still have won six of their last seven in all competitions. And this Aston Villa team have lost three of their last five at home. So despite the fact they come into this on a little bit of a decent run, undefeated in three, winning two and drawing one, I still think Liverpool are the better team. To get this past the, the minus 200 point, although I did quite at minus 200, it is moving in the wrong direction for that. We are seeing it around about minus 220 at the moment in most places. You can add over two and a half goals here. Aston Villa could contribute towards that over two and a half goals. Villa have scored in 81% of their home games this season and have netted five times across their last two games. And they face a Liverpool side who have seen both teams score in four of their last five away from home. So I'm going to go for Liverpool to win this game along with the over two and a half goals here in this one. And uh, I think Liverpool will keep the title hope, the title, the title race alive, sorry. But ultimately, I do think now Manchester City will win the title. I thought that anyway. I thought this was the best chance of Liverpool being derailed of the quadruple. They still look like favourites to win three trophies. So I'll just be hoping that we get some favours from Chelsea and Real Madrid. So this Liverpool team who are lauded as the best team on the planet by many people who have probably only been watching football for the last three to five years end up with just one Carabao Cup and ultimately making this season somewhat of a failure. Now, this isn't just down to me being a Manchester United supporter. I think people that are just starting to, to follow football, maybe via this podcast, maybe via the NBC deal, you need to understand Liverpool are universally hated all across Great Britain. This isn't a case of me just hating them as a Manchester United supporter. Other clubs, whether you support London clubs, whether you support Northern clubs, whether you support Midlands clubs, everybody hates Liverpool Football Club. This dates back to the fact that Liverpool were the club who got English clubs banned from the European competitions for five years due to their behaviour in Heisel, which resulted in Juve fans being killed as a result of Liverpool fans' actions. We then fast forward to the Hillsborough disaster, where after years and years and years and years and years and years and years, and Liverpool were, were held unaccountable for it and the blame was shifted to the police however for many many years the blame did lie with Liverpool supporters and even though the blame has been shifted to the police via the courts I still want an explanation as to why the Liverpool supporters decided to to rush to rush in through the entrances in order to get in in time for the kickoff obviously it would have made more sense for the game to be delayed so there wasn't that rush but still you need to apply some common sense and the Liverpool supporters didn't have common sense on that day and as a result they ended up um, stampeding their own supporters resulting in the 97 deaths for me they're not blameless for that no matter how they, they, they say they are I mean they say that they are blameless for everything there is a saying it's never your fault that's aimed at Liverpool supporters sarcastically and it is a sarcastic saying because Liverpool seem to think that they are the victims of everything and it isn't their fault they also have an unbearable fan base 
which is unbearable from the way that they think that everything's um, everything's owed to them. They are the victims of everything. They are the victims of every bad decision. Whereas all of the other teams in the Premier League refer to them as Liverpool because every single VAR decision seems to favour Liverpool. Every single pundit at BT seems to favour Liverpool. Every single pundit at Sky seems to favour Liverpool. Every single pundit at Talk Sports seems to favour Liverpool. It seems to be a case of the, the media versus the public. And there's just this genuine hatred towards Liverpool. There's not there's this um, there's this dislike towards Jurgen Klopp. I don't think Jurgen Klopp is the man that he makes out to be. When you see things going against him, he makes stupid comments like he did um, about Tottenham. I'm going to actually put an audio clip in here for you guys because he's basically insinuating insinuating that clubs shouldn't come to Liverpool and play a certain way. They should play in a way that suits Liverpool because Liverpool like to play an open game and that allows Liverpool to pick up wins. Whenever teams play against them, Jurgen Klopp doesn't like it because he claims that he doesn't have the ability or maybe not the ability, he he doesn't have it in him to coach that way. That's not the way that he prefers to coach football. Well, when you have an inferior team with inferior players that haven't spent £800 million on their team, then perhaps they need to set up a different way to get something from you, Jürgen. So this is what Jürgen Klopp had to say. And this is just part of the reason why there is such an unbelievable amount of hatred towards these shitbags at Liverpool. Jürgen, we all knew that there would be a few twists and turns in the last days and weeks of the season. So what do you make of tonight? I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with the performance. I'm proud of the mentality we showed um, against an incredibly good opponent with a, with a game plan, which is set before the game. Huh? So that's we, we, we have to win. And they sit back and, and do the counter-attacks. I, I thought we have a, f- a few things today were on a completely different level. To, uh, like the counter press was absolutely outstanding. So, um, but anyway, in kind of a counter situation, I, I really I forgot the, the, the whole thing. I just from really remembered from the moment when Emerson Royal, pretty much in my space, where he was probably not twice in the game, um, get a ball and from there I remember the goal. But why this all happened, I I, I really can't remember. And um, but then it's called a goal, and um, we had to keep our calm and um, and anyway had to um, increase the pressure so that's a massive challenge and um, but we did we scored the equalizer and that's it I'm, I'm really I'm obviously not the result we wanted but the performance I wanted and so from that point of view I'm fine yeah after the song goal you kept pushing you kept pressing and of course Diaz makes his own luck with a little bit of deflection so that brings you back in oh yeah it was clear we said before the game we have to shoot the box the box will be full so we need to give the deflection a chance so um, that was clear we, we tried a couple of times we're unlucky in moments here a little bit here not precise enough maybe these kind of things we were really good with the uh, with the diagonal balls behind when, when, when Hendo got the ball there and even the pass then didn't react probably then um, didn't anticipate it well enough in this moment when we see the ball is going and getting there over the wing back and we can pass it back into the crowd we, we, I think we, in these moments we could have had maybe, maybe a little bit better in better positions um, apart from that it's just it's incredibly difficult to play against an opponent with world class players world class manager they have a full week to prepare <laughs> and we play every three days that's so that's so tricky but again i'm i'm really i'm really fine with the with the performance and we will keep going so keep calm 
carry on? As of course. But now you know, the dressing room is now not flying uh, in this moment. <laughs> like probably nobody out there, but uh, come on, it was always clear something like this can happen and it's now not, uh, it's not, not all games are played and it's not that we need now tomorrow a defeat of, of, of City against Newcastle. There are other play, games to play. We just have to keep going. That was always clear and um, so I wish for the effort the boys put in, we would have won this game. I really think, with all the with all the praise, probably for Tottenham, if you play a world class team, with the, they sit back, they they won against, uh, they drew against us now, they won against City, I think, and against Chelsea as well. Uh, yeah. Win against Chelsea. So. The gameplay works for these games, but they're still fifth. So that's how it is. We have to. It's it's really it's really a, a tough one. Eh? So and, and they obviously were for everything. Get time wasting these kind of things. It makes it not easier. It's smart, but it makes it not easier for us. Obviously on the other side. And so now it's like it is. Um, we have a point more than before the game. That's a positive thing. We wanted three. That's not so cool. Thanks, Jeff. Okay. That was uh, Jurgen Klopp, the the first one. And the second one, that was a different clip of Jurgen Klopp that I found there for you guys to check out. Antonio Conte actually responded to that. We actually got some footage from his press conference and he was asked a question about what Jurgen Klopp said. So have a listen to this. You've been getting results, but not everyone's been happy with performances. What did you make of Jurgen Klopp's? comments about your team's performance at Anfield and also Pep Guardiola says everyone wants Liverpool to win the league. Who do you want to win the league? Uh, yeah, but uh, who, who know me, you know me and uh, um, know very well that uh, I want to win. I want to win uh, every game and uh, I try to transfer this, uh, this my thought to, to my players and for sure um, when I stay in uh, in uh, one one team, when in a club, my uh, my aspiration, uh, my desire to to fight to win the to win the title and to win the league in England is not simple. It's not easy. And uh, yeah, Guardiola said that Liverpool won uh, one league in 30 years. No, maybe. And uh, it shows that it's not simple. Maybe sometimes it's easier to win Champions League. <laughs> or UEFA League or other competition than to win the league in England because in England you have to face a really monster okay but um, then uh, after the game against uh, against Liverpool uh, the good uh, the good the, the good answer that I had uh, and was that my players uh, um, were disappointed at the end of the game and uh, because uh, they, they felt they felt the possibility to win to win the game and uh, we analyzed the game uh, the day after and uh, 
for sure if uh, there was uh, a team that deserved to win and the chance created to win was uh, was Tottenham and not not Liverpool I think uh, in this game uh, Liverpool I think also Klopp understood that uh, he gained one point not lost two points at the same time I think uh, Jurgen is uh, an intelligent person is very clever he was a bit frustrated after the game, but at the same time, I think that for us, for a top coach, but for every coach, it's important to learn that after the game, it's important to be focused on your team and not your opponent, because if you go, you are focused on your opponent, it means that you want to find an excuse or an alibi because your job didn't well or something was was wrong. Let's talk about the, the facts of the situation here. It was Tottenham who were trying to win the game at the end. They had a chance. They played They played a bad ball at the end and had their ball gone across the box at the end, then um, Tottenham, would have, Tottenham would have taken the three points that they deserve to get. This is a Tottenham team that have taken eight points this season from Liverpool and Manchester City. This is a Tottenham team that deserved to win both times that they played Liverpool. They absolutely dominate, dominated them at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I was at that game. I know that they dominated that game. They should have been two, three goals up. So Jurgen Klopp has been outcoached by this manager every single time. This is a manager who, in my opinion, is the best manager in the Premier League, probably the best manager in the world. And he's managing Tottenham. Had he chosen to go to Man United or had Man United been more more forthright about what they were doing in terms of making an appointment rather than going with the interim manager of Ralph Ragnick or more direct in, in firing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer quicker and not allowing us to be beaten away to Watford and, and done it after the Liverpool game, then Antonio Conte would be the Manchester United manager. Manchester United would be in the top four, maybe even in the top three this season and we'd be two or three signings away from challenging for the league next season rather than a rebuild under Antonio Conte. That's not the case. That could be Tottenham now. And I understand Tottenham are fifth, but they were ninth. And they have dropped some bad points this season because they have had to encounter teams that have parked the bus against them, as all the top teams do, as do Chelsea, as the Manchester United, as do Tottenham, as even Arsenal do. But you have to be able to get past the bus. And Jurgen Klopp has bought a number of players that has been able, and they have been able with this front five that they've got. Look at the selection that they have with Diaz and Mane and Salah and Firmino and Jota. And they've been able to get past the bus all throughout the season. But in this game, they couldn't. In fact, they needed a deflected goal to get themselves a point from this game. So perhaps it should be Tottenham complaining, but they're not because other managers don't do what this asshole Jurgen Klopp does, which is moan and cry and try to manipulate the situation. He's part of the reason why everybody hates Liverpool, but everybody always hated Liverpool anyway. He's just part of what Liverpool are nowadays and he's just another reason to hate this team. But the fact is, you can't go out there and complain about tactics. People don't owe you a fucking phone call before they play you to tell you how they're going to set up. And they're not entitled to come to, and you're not entitled to have them come to Anfield and play how you want them to play so that you can have an open game and you can expose them with your strengths, which is um, people like Thiago who can put the ball on a 50 pence piece, which is five attacking players of which you can start any three. Pressing fullbacks who are always high up the pitch, who can benefit from a wide open attacking game. And a defence and a goalkeeper, two quality centre-backs and a goalkeeper who can protect you if you are on the, the wrong end of any kind of counter-attack. So 
Of course you want a wide open game. Of course you don't want men behind the ball because then you would have to actually break teams down. And then it would leave you susceptible to counterattacks when your fullbacks push too far up the pitch. So of course you want it one way. But unfortunately, that's not how the game is played. Everybody has to encounter the bus. Everybody has to break down inferior teams who make the decision to come in and sit in and take something from the game. That's just how football is. But unfortunately for Jurgen Klopp, his luck ended up running out on Sunday and they've been lucky to win other games this season. They've been lucky to win at home to Watford. They robbed Everton, who should have got a penalty halfway through the second half that would have put them a goal up. And now their luck ran out here against Tottenham. They were not deserving to be champions. Manchester City had a little bit of a blip and now the right team is back on top. This should be the team that are also playing in the Champions League final. But they came up against God's team, Real Madrid, who have managed to produce miraculous comebacks all the way through this competition. They've been dominated and behind in every single tie so far, be it against PSG, Chelsea or Manchester City. Yet, despite the fact the expected goals don't tell the story of who actually got through, Real Madrid are the team who are waiting for Liverpool in the European Cup final, in the Champions League final. And what's most telling is the fact that Real Madrid will have the backing and the support of every single person in England who isn't a Red Scouse. Everton fans, City fans, Man United fans, even Chelsea fans will all be supporting Real Madrid. And I think that tells you everything that you need to know about Liverpool Football Club and Jurgen Klopp. Moving on to Wednesday, we look at the game here between Leeds and Chelsea, where Leeds are the 4-1 underdogs. It's 16-5 on the draw, and it's 8-13 here on Chelsea. Chelsea will totally be looking ahead to the FA Cup final here. They do probably need some points to make sure that they do finish third in the table. The difference between third and fourth is simply uh, Champions League qualification. You get into the Champions League with either position, but you have to play a qualifier sometimes when you finish in fourth place, depending on the depending on the coefficiency. So Chelsea will want to avoid that. Arsenal are now just a point behind them. So if Chelsea do draw this game and Arsenal win against Tottenham, then Arsenal will go above Chelsea. And at the same time, Arsenal will subsequently end Tottenham's chances of finish in, finishing in a Champions League position. Also, if Chelsea lose this game and Arsenal get a draw against Tottenham, that'll mean that Arsenal remain ahead of Tottenham with just two games to go. And that will probably confirm Arsenal in a Champions League position as well. So Tottenham are in a must-win situation when they play Arsenal on Thursday. As for Chelsea... Their main concern will be Tottenham overtaking them. And if Tottenham beat Arsenal, they can go just two points behind Chelsea with two games to play. And that in itself will put pressure on Chelsea. So whereas they are in a look-ahead spot, they are still a team that needs something. Perhaps they'll primarily focus on that after the FA Cup final. Looking at their last two games after that FA Cup final, they will have two games left to play at home against Leicester and at home against Watford. And I just think that looks like six points here for Chelsea, despite the fact they have dropped some silly points this season. I think if they're fully focused after the FA Cup final, knowing that their European future hinges on it, I think Chelsea will win those games. So 
in, in, with all that said, this looks like a spot where Leeds could actually get something here from this game and they need it because their running is awful and they are looking like a team who could be relegated this season. It'll all depend on how Burnley do. I think for me, Everton are out of it. I'm riding a 1.5 unit future on Everton to survive at plus 100 and it's looking very, very good at the moment. You also have to look at Everton playing away to Watford in this game week and they have two winnable home games coming up as well. So for me, I think not only are they going to be safe, I think they're not going to finish 17th either I think they're going to finish higher up the table maybe 16th 15th because I do think Everton will finish on over 42 points here which would be more than enough to get them safe my selection for this Chelsea game this Leeds Chelsea game will be over two and a half goals Leeds have seen a 3.23 goals per game average in the Premier League this season and Leeds have lost all 11 of their meetings with the current Premier League top six. And they've lost it by an aggregate scoreline of 44-8. Now, whereas this is a look-ahead spot for Chelsea, I don't really want to invest in Chelsea here or add Chelsea in over two and a half goals. But there is still solid data for the over two and a half goals when you look at that av- aggregate score. And you look at the fact there have been 52 goals in those 11 games. That's even higher than the Leeds average of 3.23 goals per game. And six of Leeds' last eight games have also featured at least three goals. So we're going to take the over two and a half goals here for this game. Too difficult for for me to call, given the look-ahead spot here for Chelsea and given the desperation here of Leeds. But the fact is Chelsea are a better team. And if they do apply themselves here, they should win this game. And Chelsea should be able to even win this game with a rotated squad because they are considerably, considerably better than Leeds, who fared poorly against the top six. Moving on to Leicester versus Norwich, we'll breeze through this one quickly as it's not important. Norwich are down and Leicester are playing for nothing. They are the one to two favourites to beat Norwich. It's 15 to 4 on the draw and it's 13 to 2 on Norwich. Leicester's season is over. They're now even out of the Europa Conference League. It's been a very, very underwhelming and disappointing season for Leicester, but I do think they'll win this game and they should be able to win convincingly to give their supporters something to be happy about. I'm going to take a punt on Leicester on the minus 1.5 Asian handicap line here at 6-4 plus 150. This Norwich team are piss poor. They have lost 10 of their last 12 Premier League games, eight of them by more than a single goal. And Leicester have lost only two of their last 11 home games and they have won six of them. Norwich have failed to score in their last three matches, conceding nine goals at the other end. And if they fail to score here, you'd need Leicester to score just two goals to cover this handicap. And I think they're capable of doing that and um, giving their supporters something here by beating Norwich. So nice and simple, Leicester minus 1.5 on the Asian handicap line. Up next, we look at the game here between Watford and Everton. And I think the fact that Everton are playing an already relegated team here in Watford will benefit them here. They are the four to five favourites to pick up another wing. It's 11 to four on the draw and it's 18 to five here on Watford. I'm going to go to, I'm going to go for, sorry, Everton to get the win that gets them safe here in this spot. Watford have lost each of their last six Premier League games and they've lost their last 11 Premier League home games at home. You're normally relying on your home form to get you out of a relegation fight, but Watford have been so poor at home. Roy Hodgson has somehow escaped criticism for this, but inevitably he's leaving as the um, Watford manager anyway, so it doesn't really matter either way. And this Everton side now have won three of their last five in the league, losing just one. And that was a controversial loss against Liverpool where they should have got a penalty to go one up. But nobody gets a penalty at Anfield as Liverpool are riding a world record run of 47 games without conceding a penalty at home. And people wonder why 
everybody hates Liverpool. So I'm going to go for Everton to get the win here. A win that will get them safe. There may be goals in this game as both teams have scored in four of Watford's last five Premier League home games. And over two and a half goals has also been a winning bet in six of Everton's last eight Premier League away games as well. So that could be something to look at. But I think the simplest play is to take Everton on the money line to get the win. It gets them safe. Up next, we look at Wolves at home to Man City, where Wolves are a huge 11-1 underdog. It's 19-4 on the draw, and Man City are the 1-4 minus 400 favourites. City can all but confirm themselves as champions if Liverpool don't beat Aston Villa on Tuesday. I don't think that's going to be the case, but it could be the case going into this game. Either way, with three games to go, I think City just do their job and I just think they continue to win. And for this game, I think they win with a clean sheet. Manchester City to win to nil is available at even money plus 100. Man City have scored at least three goals in each of the last four league fixtures. So you may want to consider a handicap play here as well, or instead of my to nil bet. But only three teams have scored fewer Premier League goals than Wolves, who have only netted 35. And they're coming up against a City side who have kept a clean sheet in six of their last nine Premier League games, winning, winning to nil in five of those matches. Wolves have lost three of the last four Premier League games without scoring. And uh, this Manchester City team, this is a bonus um, a bonus piece of data there, have been ahead at half-time in five of their last six Premier League matches. So if you have one of those um, bet 365 bet builders, you could go Manchester City half-time, full-time, Manchester City minus 1.5 on the Asian handicap line, and Manchester City to win to nil as well. You'd end up with a, end up with a pretty considerable payout there via the bet builder for that one. But my main selection is going to be Man City to win to nil at the price of even money plus 100. Moving on to the game of the week. Now, this is interesting because Tottenham Arsenal is on Thursday and Tottenham have to play Burnley in the earliest kickoff on Sunday. So they're kind of being faced with the Europa League dichotomy here, whereas Arsenal get to rest up and play on Monday away to Newcastle. Now, Tottenham fans know that that is the banana skin game for Arsenal. They will be looking at a favour from informed Newcastle. Now, Newcastle's performance against Man City won't really give them too much faith, but Arsenal will be looking at that game as their banana skin, and Tottenham will also be looking at that game as a banana skin where Arsenal could slip up. But Tottenham need to do their job first, because if Tottenham don't win this game, if it ends up being a draw, for example... Then they would need Arsenal to slip up twice. And I just don't see Arsenal doing it. As inconsistent as Arsenal have been during times this season, and as we've seen, the pressure gets to them as well. I just don't think that Tottenham have any chance of finishing in the top four if they don't win this game. So this is a must-win game at the London Stadium for Tottenham. They are the 5-4 to favourites to get that win. It's 5-2 to two on the draw, and Arsenal are the 2-1 to one underdogs. I talked up Antonio Conte, I talked up Spurs, I talked up what he's done here. This is a team with decent players. I believe they are just three or four players away from challenging for the league next season, especially with Conte as the manager. And I believe they are the fourth best team in the Premier League. It's just a case of whether the table will show that at the end of the season. I think they win this game here. I think they get the lead down to just a single point. I think they'll win their game against Burnley, which will put them ahead of Arsenal. And that is going to put all the pressure on Arsenal going to Newcastle on Monday. So all eyes will be on that game. We'll be hoping that Newcastle can get us something here because we are riding a future on Arsenal to not finish in the top four. Man United have done a 
us no favours. But our last hope here is Tottenham. Tottenham are currently priced out as the 5-2 to two underdogs to finish in the top four. Arsenal here are available at 1-4 to four, with Chelsea at 1-50. to 50. That is far too short on Arsenal. I know I've said that before and um, they've gone on to lose three games and I look really clever. And then all of a sudden we saw dips from Manchester United and uh, Tottenham. And now I am in a situation where I'm really, really worried. So... What we need here is for Tottenham to win two games and we need Arsenal to slip on that banana peel away to Newcastle and we are in good stead. And the 5-2 to two plus 250 looks huge. First step is Tottenham winning and Tottenham winning on the money line will be your selection here for this game. I think they're a team with better players. I think there's very few Arsenal players that I would have in a combined 11 here with Tottenham. They are a team with a better manager and they are a team in the must-win situation here. Arsenal are a team who go into this not knowing how to approach it. Do they go for the North London bragging rights? Do they put men behind the ball and try to go for the draw? Are they capable of doing that? Are they capable of winning the game on the counter-attack? They haven't really done well against other teams around the top six. I know they beat Manchester United, but Manchester United are fucking dumpster fire at the moment. And even that game, Manchester United were the dominant team and should have won. If you make Manchester United look good, this is the same team that just lost 4-0 away to Brighton. There isn't something quite right there. And therefore, I'm not convinced by Arsenal. I'm not convinced by a team that go 2-0 up at half-time against Leeds. And even one of those goals was via a stupid goalkeeping mistake. And then they lose the second half to 10 men. They lost the second half to a 10-man Leeds team. So I'm just not convinced by by Arsenal. I may look stupid. This may be my biggest call of the season as I've continually said they're not going to make the top four. They're not going to make the top four. We're not going to make the top four. Well, now it's time for that to come to fruition. We need three results here in order for that to come to fruition. We need Tottenham to win here. We need Tottenham to beat Burnley and we need Arsenal to drop points away to Newcastle. Of course, there'll be more opportunity on, um, on the final day of the season, but by the look of things, Everton are going to be safe by then. So really, we are looking at Arsenal to drop points against Newcastle in that final home game at St. James's Park. We're going to hope the Newcastle supporters come to the forefront and one, 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 one last hurrah and want to see their team win one more game after such a brilliant end to the end of the season or to the second half of the season. And that will be our hope there. But first things first, the North London derby on Thursday. Massive, massive game. And I will be taking Tottenham to win it on the money line here in this one. Closing out with your lock on the show, I'm torn between two picks. I think Everton will get themselves saved here by by winning a game against Watford, who seem to lose all the time at home. And from the North London derby here, where you have Tottenham going up against Arsenal in a must-win situation for Tottenham. I'm already riding a big futures play on Tottenham, so it could be risky to take Tottenham again. But... If you're not a client over at lockbetting.com, you don't have that future. So you may be investing in this for the first time right now. So that's why I am going to give you Tottenham. They are available here at the better price than Everton. Like both of these selections, but I like them both equally. And therefore, I'm going to lean towards a selection of the bigger price, which is available at 5-4 to four plus 125. We've got a strong lot record this season. So as we head towards the end of the season, I'm happy to put out a plus 125 lock here for you guys. And it's Tottenham on the the money line against Arsenal on Thursday. That's it for me in this edition of the EPL show. Good luck with all your bets as always and thanks for listening.